The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Genesis chapter 42, as we take our time this morning and continue in the study we've entitled Living the Dream, and we're talking about uh, the life of Joseph and the fulfillment of the dream or vision that God gave him uh, a while back when he was 17 as a young man, and now he's an adult. He's been through years of uh, turmoil and battle, and now he finds himself in the fulfillment of the dream that God gave him, the promises that God gave him. And we've been looking for the last few episodes at uh, really what we might call this family reunion where Joseph is now standing in front of his brothers. He is seeing the complete fulfillment of uh, the vision that his brothers are kneeling before him and ultimately will see his parents kneeling before him. Uh, he is probably dealing with all of the emotion we mentioned yesterday. As we'll talk a bit, you know, the, the tears had hit him as he as he heard his brothers and all of the anguish they were going through him the ups and downs, and we've talked that Joseph made some decisions and certain things, and we can't 100% guarantee why he did it. And even in my study, I admit I've been doing some research trying to figure out why Joseph did some of the things he did. And be honest, I don't know if there's a lot of need for explanation, to be honest with you. Joseph made decisions, and, and it is what it is, and we can learn from them anyway. But Genesis chapter 42, I want to talk about something unique. Um, and we'll get to the topic in a second. I mean, let's, let's, let's evaluate the scripture we're looking at. And I think it's a passage that'll be a help to us. As I was studying it this morning, the, that topic just kept hitting, hitting me. And so I'm going to see how the Lord leads as we deal with this today. Genesis chapter 42, beginning, starting in verse number 25. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. Let me explain a little bit of context here. Uh, he's holding Simeon in jail. He's pulled, he kept all the brothers in jail for three days. Uh, he removed them from jail and said, you need to go home. You need to go home and bring back your brother. I want to see your brother. I want to prove. And he was using the, the idea that they were spies and they could prove they're not spies, that they could bring Benjamin back. Obviously, Joseph knew they weren't spies. Joseph wanted to see his brother. And so he said, I'm going to hold on to Simeon and you go home. And then he sends him home with food, with need um, to take care of their family during the famine and expect them to come back. But then we see in the passage that he put the money they'd been given back in the bag, which of course only exasperated the fear that they had that it would, they'd be viewed as a spy. Verse number 26. And they laded their donkeys with the corn and departed thence. And as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey pro, uh, provender in the inn, he espied his money, for behold, it was in his sack's mouth. It was back in the bag. Verse 28, and he said unto his brethren, my money is restored. And lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them. And they were afraid, saying one to another, what is this that God hath done unto us? And they came unto Jacob, their father, unto the land of Canaan, and told him all that befell unto them, saying, the man who is the Lord of the land spake roughly to us and took us for uh, spies of the country. And we said unto him, We are true men, and we are no spies. And we, we be twelve brethren, sons of our father, one, and one is not, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the, man, and the man, the Lord of the country, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that ye are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone. And bring your youngest brother unto me, then shall I know that ye are no spies." But ye are true men, so will I deliver you, your brother, and ye shall, tra uh, shall traffic in the land. 
And it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks, that, behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when, they, when, they, when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye, be, um, me have ye be, uh, bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not, and ye shall take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. Reuben said unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring not to thee, deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in which he will go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. So what we see here is these these brothers go back. They have been they they they, they look in their in the bags as they're going home, and they notice that they they were given. Uh, the food that they had purchased, but then they were given their money back. And so now they go home and uh, the father sees it and they're all in fear. Uh, the, brothers are st- the brothers are still convinced this is God's punishment based upon what they had done to Joseph. Um, Jacob's just looking at all of it, thinking to himself, this is just God against me. My, my favorite son is dead. I've lost another son to Simeon, probably assumed, because if we were to read further, they went through all of the food. And they, they did not go back. They went through all the food before they went back. And I think what you got to catch is all that time Simeon was in jail. They didn't go back and get Simeon. They allowed him to stay there. And basically, Jacob said, I've lost two sons. I've lost Joseph. I've lost Simeon. I'm not going to lose uh, Benjamin. I'm not going to lose my youngest. And, and uh, really what you come down to is much of the decisions you see taking place in the t- conversation all came under one battle, and that was fear. They were afraid. They were afraid because of their actions. They were afraid because of things that had taken place. I wonder if Joseph didn't look back and say, man, all the things I did to Laban, all the things I did to Esau, this is God's punishment. It's easy you know, for us to look back and see this and if we, if we just look at it from our human standpoint. And it's easy to, to, basically, the fear consumed them in all their decisions. And Jacob's like, listen, now please remember, they didn't know this was Joseph. This was a hard, angry Egyptian leader. There's no way they could have known it was their brother. No way they could have known why or how this was unfolding. And so there, Jacob's like, listen, I love Simeon. He's gone, but if I send more, I'm going to lose even more sons. I'm just going to accept my losses and I'm going to move on. They were consumed with fear. Now, to be honest with you, let's, let's evaluate what we just read here from a human standpoint. Would they have legitimate reason for fear? They, they were, as we would call God-fearing men, they, they understood that uh, the way God works, and they understood that when you act a certain way, don't be surprised. As we learn from Galatians, you reap what you sow. They understood that principle, even though Galatians wasn't written yet. It was still an understood principle. And they looked at all of this, and so there was legitimate human understanding to reason, man, this is, I deserve this. We deserve what's happening to us, and we're just going to kind of hunker down and limit even more of this happening. And so when I look at this, I look at the aspect of fear. They had legitimate reason. Now, that wasn't ending what happened, but we can see in their minds legitimate fear. Now, let me, let me ask you this. Have there been times in your life when you evaluate the circumstances, the situations going on, things happening in your life, or things that aren't happening you're afraid might happen, where fear consumes us? Fear consumes us, and because of that, I tell you, just, just making decisions. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, I, this morning, one of the things I do during my day is I read the highlights of the news. I don't like to dig deep into it, but I, I like to evaluate news from both uh, spectrums of the political point of view and just try to find something just to give me information. 
I like to know what's going on in the day. I like to be wise. I like to also evaluate it based upon Scripture uh, to see where Scripture is lining up with what's going on right now. And, uh, but I look at all of it, and what, if you're not careful, because what you do, especially with the news, and it's, it's both extremes right now, is people tell you the news, and they tell you what you're supposed to believe about the news. And unfortunately, when I listen to some of it, there is so much of the of prophecy fulfilling themselves and how people are convinced this is the right way. And if you look at it, it's exactly the way God said. They're going to tell us how to live and what to give up to take over. It ultimately creates a one-world order. Please remember, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here. Ultimately, during the tribulation time, there will be one ruler who will rule the entire world in a one-world order. So don't be surprised when the language of the day leads that way. It's not a surprise that Jesus is coming soon. The world will be prepared for a one world order. And so it is going to come that way. I'm not, I'm not being conspiracy against the president or against different things, although a lot of what's being said is intriguing as it could lead that way. It just intrigues me to see how prophecy may be fulfilling itself. But it's easy for us to be consumed by fear. Um, the virus can be fearful. Frankly, the vaccine can be fearful if we allow it to be, uh, both of these, if we allow them to be. And, and some of them are legitimate. I mean, I have pre-existing conditions. I have this, and man, uh, this, I am of, of um, I'm an extent that this could be a dangerous thing for me. Um, and I'm afraid to go here or go there. And, and we live, understandably, with, with concerns, and that can turn into fear. And I've said more than once, fear is a, is a, Emotion given to us by God that often can be used to protect us, but fear when it starts consuming us is just dangerous. And so let me, let me just take the last couple minutes and talk about this. What are some things about fear? that I just wrote some thoughts down as I was praying about this this morning. One, the reasons these men had for fear that we can have for fear. The brothers knew that they had done wrong, and therefore fear was to be expected. Probably the entire time that since they got rid of Joseph, they wondered, what could possibly become, and now it did. And fear was beginning to present itself in reality. So number one, they knew it. Two, the reason for fear, the father had father was a conse- father was a consequence of the acts of their brothers, and so now he's beginning to see their actions now even greater consequences on their father. And uh, how bad could this get? And so, because of actions, because of historical actions, there's a legitimate reason for fear. Uh, when you're riding down the road and you see a police car, uh, if you're doing 20 miles over the speed limit, you have a legitimate reason to be fearful of a ticket. When you pass that cop and you see him sitting there, you do, you look in the mirror, you wonder if the lights are coming on, not just because you're on 95 or Route 1 or Turnpike, no, because you're going too fast and he has a right to pull you over and give you a ticket and you have every right to do that. Uh, one time I was driving to church and I was late and I, I, I was going way too fast and I flew right by a state trooper on Highway 75 in Shelby, North Carolina. And the moment I looked up and I hit the brakes, I looked up in the mirror and he pulled through the, in, under the grass of the medium and I just pulled right over. I'm like, he's, he's coming for me. I was fearful because I, I knew the law in the state. I knew I was going so fast he should have taken my license. And he was very nice to clock me <laughs> one mile under the speed limit that I would have lost. And he caught me. He said, man, you're going fast. I said, officer, yes, I was going really fast. And he's kind of looked shocked like I was going to argue with him. And I'm, I'm in fear of losing my license legitimately because I should have. In that case, an action resulted in fear. So uh, there's, there's, there can be the reason for fear. Then there's the extent of the fear. Jacob could only see bad in the situation. For years, he was mourning the loss of Joseph, and now things were getting worse. The brothers were convinced this was their punishment and getting worse. So their reason to fear developed into an extent. It just kept growing. Sometimes there's legitimacy. How do we overcome fear? 
Number one, if the struggle that we have right now, if the battles that consume us are a result of actions in our past, get them right. Get right with God, get right with other people. Acts 24, 16, Paul said this, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and men. Get it right. You have something in your life that you're convinced could potentially come back to haunt you and you want to overcome fear, get it right. Deal with it. Step out. Find out what you need to do to eliminate that and deal with it. If that's what's consuming you, then you can live in peace by dealing with the scenario. Overcoming fear. Um, Also, when we're right with God, then we can find comfort and strength in His peace. So if there's something in your life that you know is wrong, where you're not right with God, you're not right with man, whatever it is, get it right. Just deal with it, and then you can live in peace. The other thing is, once you, if you are right with God, you can't continue to, and you've, dealt, you've done the best you can to deal with the situations, you can't continue to let fear consume you. And now you have to trust in God. You have to trust in His forgiveness. You have to trust in His protection. You have to trust that He has the best in mind for you, and then if something were to happen, He will help you through it. He loves you. He's not looking to strike you down or to make your life miserable. Uh, and so we, once we've done everything we can, then we place our trust in God for the rest of it. Uh, I would encourage you, uh, there's sometimes legitimate reasons for fear and the extent of fear, well then get it right. If there's not legitimate reason and extent for fear, then be wise, but not consumed with it. And find the best way to live wise in the midst of our unique circumstances. And um, some, uh, some of our church at Donna sent me a video today talking you know, about future things. And one of the comments I watched in the video is interesting is that this one tech guy made a comment. He said, for future pandemics. And it was a... I understand we're in it, we need to be prepared for the next one, but it was a concerning thought, disconcerting thought when he said for future pandemics. Be honest with you, we could, you know, this, you know, it's been almost 100 years since the last one, or over 100 years since the last one, and now we're, you know, we're living in fear that it could come soon. Let's not allow fear to consume us so much, all right, as much as there's some reality to it. But let's just keep our trust in God. God's in control. And I encourage us, if we'd be, just just thought, if we'd be just consumed with the kingdom of God as we were with the things the world wants us to be afraid of today, I think with the effectiveness we might have. And, and I think being wise and, and, and wise about the circumstances of the day and dealing with correctly is wise. But boy, would we be just as wise and concerned about how we can serve God in the circumstances as we are in the other ways. And hopefully let the fear side and move forward and let God do what only God can do in these circumstances. Thank you for joining us today on this Wednesday edition. And I hope you have a great day. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Hope to see you tonight here in property, uh, right at seven o'clock. If you're a few minutes late, no big deal, show up. We'd love to have you here or online. And we look forward to a great rest of your day. And we look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow. God bless.